I'm just going to read from Psalm 84. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a gatekeeper in the house of my God than live the good life in the homes of the wicked. Lord, we just want to thank you that we can be here together and it's better when we're all together and we thank you that um, we can do that. We thank you for your goodness, we thank you for your love and we thank you that we can come together to worship today. Amen. Yes, Psalm 118 verse 1 says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Right, I'm just going to pray for George as he comes up to do our reading. Father, thank you for George. Thank you that he's willing to serve you. And we pray that he reads really clearly and that we will take in everything that your word is saying to us. Amen. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and then she was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about this child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. Okay. We have the PowerPoint up, please, Kevin. So, Anna. Well, we hear there that she's a prophet, prophetess, that she's the daughter of Faneuil and she was from the tribe of Asher, and she was very old. She was introduced a bit um, with more detail than Simeon was. Last week, we found out that Simeon was just introduced as a man, and we're told that the Spirit of God was on Simeon, leading him to the temple for that particular time. Um, so Simeon and Anna were there, at when Jesus was being dedicated, his, his parents were be, were brought him as a baby to the temple just after, it's part of the Christmas story still. And um, we're told that Anna is a prophetess. So that shows that she was somebody who was well known and honoured in her gift of prophecy. And we can see similarities in Acts 21 with Philip's daughters. They're also well known for being prophets. And Luke also adds her dad's name and her tribe to highlight her value. And Luke also tells us that she was very old. And it's a similar phrase 
that's mentioned to describe Elizabeth and Zechariah in the chapter before. But here he adds the word many to many years. So she must be older than them and stresses that her age is truly remarkable. So in the version that George read, it said that she was now 84 years old. But in my translation, it says that... Um, well, in some other, not in my translation, my translation is the same as George's, but in some other translations, it would have been that she was married. The Jewish tradition is that the girls got married when they hit sort of puberty, maybe 13, 14, coming of age, that sort of time. Then she was married for seven years. So she'd have been, what, 20, 21 then? And then some translations, it says that then she was a widow for 84 years. So it, she would have been about 104, 105, that sort of age. And that is a truly remarkable age, isn't it? That's very old. So I think that is probably the correct age for her. Very old indeed. So I'm just going to skip ahead to the next one. She was... She had been single for a long time. She'd been a widow for a long time. But she threw herself into serving God. She was fully committed to God. Paul has a whole chapter in Corinthians, chapter 7, on marriage and singleness and says that they're both a gift. Being married is a gift. Having a family is a gift. But Paul actually values single people over marriage because when you're single you're you've got more time on your hands haven't you you've got more time to devote to God and he says because when you're married you've got to think about your spouse if you've got kids you've got to, a lot of time is spent on them but when you're single you can serve God and he says I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best as with few distractions as possible so he says it's great to be married it's even greater to be single but if you're married stay married and if you're single if you can if you can then that's a better way to be but it doesn't matter if you choose to get married um but she she was a, a young widow wasn't she at 20 21 that's quite young to be a widow and she could have remarried or she could have withdrawn and become angry and bitter about it, but she didn't. She threw herself into serving God. She went out to the temple, to the church, as often as she could to be with people. And it says that um, she was there day and night. So she was there as much as she could possibly could. She, it seems like she was never at home. I wonder if we do that, if we find ourselves alone. Do we throw ourselves into serving God? Do we pray? Do we become prayer warriors? Often, if you've got young children, you don't have a lot of time. But if, if you're on your own, you have more time. The Bible has a special place for widows and orphans and foreigners. And we're repeatedly told to look after them. So I wonder if, if we're looking out for those who are alone and who need support or hospitality. I wonder what we're doing as a church to serve single people. 
if we're a family or a couple, are we including people into our extended family? Because we're designed to be in community, aren't we? It's the song at the beginning says that we're better together. And how the Bible operated, they were all in extended families, but we we're not like that anymore, are we? We're sort of all in our individual um, little families and groups. But what would it be like to be the community of God, working together, serving together, being there for each other? Because we need each other, don't we? And it was often the widows or the older ladies who petitioned to God, who were the prayer warriors. So I wonder if you could fall into that category. Are you, are you prayer, a prayer warrior petitioning to God on the church's behalf? Some churches have intergenerational buddies where people partner up with people from different ages. Um, I wonder if that's something that we could think about as a church. If, if you're of one generation, is there somebody that you could buddy up with from a different generation and pray for, with, for them and with them? Because we can learn from each other, can't we? Right, so... Anna had a life of praise. She had a positive outlook. She could have dwelt on negative thoughts, but she kept looking to God. In verse 37, we see that she was always at the temple. She worshipped God with fasting and prayer. And this wouldn't have been the sort of formal fasting that the Pharisees did to look good. It was voluntary fasting, showing her heart's devotion to God. And the word prayer him, here means petitions. So she was really begging God to fulfill his promises, his promise that he would send his son to save us. And she, like Simeon, lived a disciplined life and they were then both rewarded with seeing Jesus, the promised Messiah for themselves. She was really in tune with God, just like Simeon was, and she knew somehow that this particular baby in the temple, we heard Richard say last week, there were probably many parents with babies coming to the temple on that day. But they knew that this specific family, this specific baby, was the promised Messiah. So they were able to worship him. And it reminds me, um, so this, this week... Um, Muddy Church. Do you remember Muddy Church? We did Muddy Church in the lockdown when we couldn't do Messy Church. We did it out in the com out in the wilderness, in the countryside and stuff. And they produce lots of really good resources. And at the moment, they've got a resource called Back to School, and it's to prepare your children um, for going back to school. And they've got lots of nice little activities in there. And this was what you can't see it very clearly, which is a shame. I'll pop it on the WhatsApp group later. But um, they've got this lovely poster with, full of lovely, encouraging Bible verses in the shape of a sun. And it says, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And um, so it reminds me of 
that passage when I read about Anna praising God all the time, having that positive attitude. She was a glass half full kind of girl, wasn't she? Do we often think of the, the positives or is it easy to look at the negatives? And Philippians, let's just turn to Philippians a minute. It says, fix your thoughts on what is true, honourable, right. Think about things that are pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So we need to be thinking all of the time about all the things that we can be grateful for. You know, when we're going through hardships, when we're going through loss, it can be easy to get bogged down with the negatives and get angry with God. But are we thankful? Are we looking for the good in every situation? Because God can turn whatever the enemy means for evil into good, can't he? And... Um, so, I've lost my place. Where are we? Yeah. Are we think, are we, have we got that attitude of gratitude? God's given us the, the gift of seasons. So when we go through a tough season, there's always hope of a new season coming, isn't there? There's always that hope of spring after a hard winter. There's brighter days ahead. So, will we follow Anna and Simeon's example and live disciplined lives, lives devoted to God, so that we can see God's promises fulfilled? On the tables and on some of the chairs, there's the promises that we looked at last week. And are we standing on those promises and standing firm? Will we finish well, just like Simeon and Anna did? So, Anna then went and told everyone that she saw that she'd, meet, she'd met the Messiah. She went, it says that um, she talked about Jesus to everyone who'd been waiting for the promised king to come and deliver Jerusalem. So she went out. Earlier we saw that she was a person of influence. She was well known for a gift of prophecy. She was well respected. So she was then sent and told everybody about the Messiah and people took notice. They believed her and trusted her and listened. And she thanked God for all that he'd done. She shared her testimony with others. And you know, our testimony is powerful, isn't it? No one can argue with our own experience of God. Throw our lo ourselves in, into all of that you have for us, just like Anna did. She was committed to you. And Lord, we, we want to serve you. We want to go to um, the temple as much as we can, Lord, just to praise you and to remember you. And Lord, as we worship you, you show us where we need to change. And Lord, we just thank you that, you that we can come to you, we can say sorry, and you change us. And we, we just want to be able to honour you and please you and do all, all that you have for us. Amen. Let's share the grace together. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and forevermore. Amen. <laughs>